of Yahweh. Thank you for this day to again go into your treasury that you entrust me to enter, to take from the shelves the gems and minerals that you have there to be able to spread out to my brothers and sisters. Thank you for allowing me to be that conduit that through blessing them, I receive blessing from you, God. And Father God, I am so thankful that you don't demand perfection, Father, because knowing that if you had demanded, and all, and all of us fall short, but you don't demand perfection. You don't demand any retribution from us. The only thing that you ask is that we share your truth, the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that all would have an opportunity to spend that eternity with you, our Lord, Savior, and our loved ones. That's a simple request, Father God, but yet we make it so difficult. Father God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace and your mercy that you find in me that thing that, that will keep me standing and coming back and standing on your word, standing on your grasping your promises, Father God, and that you are unchanging. Abba Yahweh Aman, Yeshua Aman, Paraklitos Aman. So brothers and sisters, I'm going to share some things with you, and I love confirmation. I keep sharing with you confirmation, confirmation. I love confirmation of the word in the early reading that I had, which was uh, last night before, or actually this morning before I laid my head down and went to sleep. Thankfully, today is a day off. Um, but the confirmation of that in combination with my reading and my sharing with um, with one of my elders and teachers that I, I love and I've shared with you that I, I love the consistency of his word and the fact that it is from the word of God. And I have tried his spirit as I've invited all of you to do with me. And if you think that the Holy Spirit is leading you away and you shouldn't listen, then by all means, go. Hasta la vista. I don't care. Because I know that the Holy Spirit will not drive you in that direction because what I share is the truth, the word of God from him, his knowledge and his wisdom. And you have to understand that there are, sometimes we get these voices in our heads and we think it's a random thought or we decide that it's from the Holy Spirit when in reality it's not and different things and variants, and I've had conversation with individuals that are that, but what they share, and I don't argue with them because that's confrontational. I just allow them to speak because they feel the need. Well, and they're sharing what allegedly the Holy Spirit told them that they could do and were able to do and allowed to do was absolutely contrary to the truth, the word of God, completely, 100%, undeniably contrary to the teachings of the Bible. So that tells me that they're not listening to the Holy Spirit. They're leaning in, but what they're hearing is what they want to hear. And that's the enemy. And brothers and sisters, we all have a weakness to that. Um, the temptations that come, and I pray for God's strength for all of us, myself, 
<laughs> brothers and sisters, simply because a person is sharing, teaching, or preaching the gospel does not mean that they do not have weakness and temptation. And especially as I've shared with you, brothers and sisters, that the enemy, his minions, his followers, his puppets, they will come and they will come the more and the harder, the closer your walk with God. That doesn't change. He hasn't changed that. But the thing that we have to remember is that we get up, we dust off, we repent, we tell God, I fell, but you keep falling in the correct direction. If you fall off and then you walk off into the shadows or you fall backwards and then try to crawl and turn over and run the wrong direction in confusion and loss, it becomes more difficult. But if you fall forward, you get up and say, Father, I'm sorry. And he looks down, he gives you that God bear hug and squeezes you until your bones feel like they're going to crumble to powder. And then he puts you back at arm's length and then he bends down and he kisses you. He looks you right straight in the eye and he says, I love you. I forgive you. And then he hugs you in again and off you go to continue doing what he has asked us to do, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is my Abba Yahweh. That is your Abba Yahweh, Father, maker of all things, but you have to have faith in that. There are those that don't want to do that. That's unfortunate. So sharing with you, with these things Knowing the God that I worship and knowing the changeless God, that is important, brothers and sisters. I worship an unchangeable God. There's a term that was used in, in the sharing of the word, and, and I actually love that. I, <laughs> I love sometimes making up words and then finding out that they're real words. I've never heard them before, but it just sounds right. And then finding out that they're real, but I love this word, and I thought I'd heard about it before, is the immutable changes, the immutable word of God, the immutable promises of God. So let's explore that a little bit, because that's what my protege, not my protege, but my compatriot, my companion, my brother. This is what was shared, and I love this. The immutable promise of the immutable word of God. And his sharing was that a mutation denotes change, alteration. Um, let me take a moment to platform this, that when they talk about this mutation that's going on um, in natural course of events, it doesn't mutate. It's been induced. So that being said, think about what I'm saying, and I'm not going to use that for any more of a platform, but the immutable means, mutation means change. Okay, alteration, change, diversify, whatever. Immutable word and promises of God do not change. And what we need, and I, I love this, this was... Uh, 
shared with me, we are asked and called to deliver the unchanging word of God to an ever-changing world. And a lot of times it will get sometimes a, uh, it's a rhetorical question. How do I know God exists? And then, of course, the question would be, how well do you know the God that does exist? And obviously, they don't or they haven't and they haven't read the word. And and sadly, sometimes these are new young Christians that are asking the question, And when they come to that point and they have to ask that question, that tells me that nobody is helping them. Either they're not looking for help and assistance, or there is no one that is offering that. Brothers and sisters, we are to pray one for another, edify and uplift each other. Edification, informational input to lift up and encourage those and fellowship. And an immature young Christian needs that help. And we are told, not asked, we're told in the Bible that we are to do that very thing. And if you don't do that very thing, then you are not consistently in the word and that you need to get in there and see that that's in the word of God. We are to do that very thing. Even when the ideologies don't fit into what we decide is our program. And there's this thing that my brother also shared today, which is interesting. I never heard it put this way before, but um, it's a thing that the way he was sharing was that it's very much affecting the way we react to not only one another, but to the world itself, the world at large. It's called R-O-C. And it was very cool. It sounds very officious, but I guess there's those that have decided that uh, as many members of Mammon do, that they decide that they're going to make up something and then they're going to push it in and then everyone believes that. And just like cheetahs and leopards, you have enough ignorant truly informed individuals that believe that a cheetah and a leopard are the same thing, and they push that. And if, any, if you have been paying attention to things I've shared before, you'll understand what that analogy is. So simply because somebody says something is truth and gets so many people to accept it, but it's actually a lie, and that there are, we'll say, five million people that accept a lie to be a truth, doesn't make that lie, a truth. It just means that a whole lot of people with ill-informed resources are believing a lie. That's all that means. doesn't mean that the lie becomes truth. It doesn't alter the fact that a leopard is not a cheetah because biologically they are a different species of animal. Okay? They are profoundly different. As is the lie and the word of God is different. A lie is a lie and the word of God is a truth. 
And if the word of God says that something is an abomination, it is and must be an abomination and cannot be altered and changed for the perverts that stand on the platform and preach that we need to be more relevant because the times have changed. Excuse me, the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and always. It does not change. God does not change. It's not immutable. It doesn't mutate and alter because you stand up on the platform and say that it has to change to be more relevant. No, what you're teaching is that you want to be more relevant and that you don't want the members of your congregation to get picked on or to be ostracized because you decide that you want to follow the lie and the changing world and the rate of change. You can't keep up with it. So it's got you dizzy and confused and you decide to preach lies and deceit. You, madam or mister, whatever the case may be, if you are doing that very thing, then you are a liar, a deceiver, and the word of God speaks harshly against what you're doing. Just simply repent and say, you know what? That's right. I I can't teach it because the word of God is not changing and it says that this must be an abomination, so we have to do that. But what the word of God also says is that it is the ideology and not the person. You must not be that way against a person, but against their ideals, that's acceptable. An abomination is an abomination. It is what it is. However, the person deserves our prayers. The person deserves to have the opportunity to repent. That, brothers and sisters, is in the word of God. The immutable, unchangeable, constant, consistent from then to now, and to forever. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the author, the finisher. He, he authored the Bible, but you have men and women that penned it from God's word, God's breath and his word in their hearts and their minds. And they penned the words that God put down. Simple, really. So, As we look to these things and that rate of change that I, I shared about, I, I love when he, bring, he, he brings these things up and I'm not quite certain where he gets them. Sometimes there are actual um, seminar or discussions that are taking place. Um, so ROC, rate of change. I've noticed, and I'll share this at... <clears throat> is that things many years ago that I noticed were just, they would get a roll of the eyes from mom, dad, grandma, or friends if you said something, and then they'd roll their eyes and they'd just say, okay, whatever, and then continue going on. Has become so offensive now that people actually get into confrontational issues about the very same thing that used to just warrant a roll of the eyes. There are churches that have gotten into the fray. I mean into physical confrontation over things that used to be so mundane and they would just shrug their shoulders and walk away from it. Now they get into fisticuffs, they get into fights, and these things have become so 
offensive. Keep this in mind, brothers and sisters. I'll share it with you again because I've shared it with you before. If you seek offense, you will surely find offense. Are you offended? That's because you're looking for something to be offended of. Get over yourself, get beyond that, and don't be offended by the ideologies, but pray for the group or the person or whatever is going on around you. Remember that the, this world is changing so fast that people can't keep up with these changes. They get frustrated and agitated and they, they react. And here's the thing that's honest too. Fearfulness. Because it's happening so fast, some people become fearful. Remember what I shared with you? That people's reactions when they become fearful alter from what they used to be. When animals are afraid and they back themselves into a corner, people will label them as aggressive, untrainable. They put all sorts of stuff on them and they got to get put down. This was the thing that they did with pit bulls. Let me tell you this. I raised a rescue and I raised one for a mix from a puppy. Pit bulls were not bred to fight because that's false information. That's one of those cheetah leopard things that I shared about. They were bred to be what's called historically the nanny dog. Look it up. This is documented in historical fact. Bred to be a nanny dog because they are so loyal to their family and they absolutely love children. When people with a dark heart and a bad attitude found out how trainable they were and how loyal they were, and that you can get them to do just about anything. They train them to be fighters. And then when they got done with them, they would just loose them. They'd turn them out and they would become a feral dog. The dog was so maligned and mistreated and hurt and then just let loose. Or they would breed the heck out of them on these fighting farms. And then when they were of no further use, they'd just toss them away like so much garbage. God told his prophet, you tell the nation, you tell my people, you tell the people that whosoever does this thing to these creatures that I have created for no good reason makes me angry. Brothers and sisters, that goes not only for the animals, but for other people, if you do it for no good reason, but just to be offensive or you think it's funny, ha-ha, you're making God pretty angry. And let me share this with you. I would not like to see God angry at me. That would not be a good thing. Not a good thing at all. So what we have to do is we have to stay in the word. Do not get bound up and don't get caught up with these churches that are leading the charge into being offended about everything and anything that is said or done that is contrary to what they're teaching. Well, when they do that, they are actually teaching contrary to biblical guidance and the word of God. We are not to be like that, brothers and sisters, and there are churches that are exactly how. This is exactly how 
we become bound by the past and the enemy constantly wants us to be caught up in that. We get caught up, we get bound. And he's constantly reminded us of those things. And sadly that uh, a person that was not even actually a part of it (laughs) becomes so offended and goes strictly by hearsay or they make up what they don't understand. Failing to truly forgive and forget as God does for us. You have all that stuff now that you have all these groups that are jumping on this bandwagon of reparation. Excuse me? There are individuals who were not even existent 225 years ago. If you were, then wow. But not even in existence. They don't even know the reality or the truth, but they're just jumping on that bandwagon and all these things. And I've shared that with you as my life unfolded. I have true African blood in me, but you wouldn't be able to tell that. I have all of complected sin. I've actually been called white boy and whitey and been demonstrably uh, racially profiled by a black person. And then just looking right at them straight in their eye and not deterring my glance anywhere else. And I looked at them. I said, let me educate you briefly. I said, I'm not angry with you. I said, but you need some education. I said, because you see me as something that I'm not. And because you've been led to believe that it has to be a certain way. And I'm not. I am a Native American. My ancestors helped slaves right from Africa, true African blood to escape. I have true African blood that runs through my veins. And many of those, and this young man, actually when we got further into the conversation, he couldn't even tell me where his ancestors actually came from. He wasn't sure. He'd never been to Africa. He wasn't sure if his ancestors truly came, but I'm I'm fairly certain that they may have, I I don't know. But somehow that um, the traveling, you know, they came from some of the island Jamaican or or somewhere. Some of those folks down there, they escaped as well. But my ancestors helped them escape. They hid them out and they adopted many because they were used to that tribal way of life and they liked the tribal way of life. They didn't know what to do outside of that And going out and trying to be part of this world that they just escaped from was very daunting. So my heritage, and the bottom line is that everyone else that is a true believer, my DNA, it's of God. You are all my brothers and sisters. So in this changing world that says that we need to be aggressive toward one another, if we don't look like each other, or we don't have the right skin color, remember this, God decided the tonation and we decide the character of the heart. We were created with a choice. Do you choose to be the white dog or the black dog? You remember that? And some of you may have not heard this. But the dream the young man was having about the two dogs. The white dog was kind and loving and loved everybody. would just lick your skin right off. And then there was the black dog. 
mean, aggressive, nasty, nip and bite at everybody. And when he brought food out to feed the two, that the black dog would immediately attack the white dog. And he took this dream to the pastor and the pastor didn't quite understand it and told him to let me research and get an answer. And then the young man came back and and the pastor said, so what happened? He said, well, the, the dream stopped. And so the pastor said, well, which dog won? And the young man's answer was the dog I fed the best. Interesting. So it's an open-ended response. Which dog in your dream is going to be that you fed the best? The good, kind, compassionate, gracious, or the mean, aggressive, nasty, destructive? What's the nature of your heart? That's what God looks for. God does not want you to be perfect. God does not demand that you be perfect. Never does he ever demand perfection. And no matter what you do anyway, you can't repay what he's done. The only thing that God asks us to do is to share the gospel of his son, to have faith in him. Pretty simple. Actually, it is quite simple. But we make it the more difficult task. We make it difficult. We help to build the foundation and the walls of these little prisons that we put ourselves in that other people will back us into a corner. So then we start building this little wall around ourselves. We put the handcuffs and the iron, the leg irons on ourselves of things from the past. We bind ourselves instead of binding ourselves to the promises of God, the immutable promises of God. The promises that God makes never change. The word of God does not change. The God that I worship is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so should the God that you should be worshiping. And that's how well we should know God. How well do you know the God that I worship? And the way that you get to know God and have relationship with God is through the word of God, reading the Bible Seeking God's word, his truth, his face. We must not seek offense, but we need to seek the truth. There are things that are truly offensive. And then there are those that are used as an excuse simply for outrageous behavior. There's some people that are just wanting that excuse. Just like when we look back and when this this quarantine and all these things first started, there were those who were looking for a way that they could loot and pilfer and do pretty much what they want to do, anarchists and anarchy, and, and they don't care for anyone or anything, and they just want to do what they want to do. Well, then when they started having all the riots and all these things going on, that they began to do that very thing. Destroy, loot, pilfer, pillage. And the sad thing was that when they were crying out about all this stuff, equity, equality, and so forth and so on, that the very group that was crying the most about that were the ones who were most egregious to their neighborhoods. 
attacking those very, and the businesses that would put signs up asking for that not to be done. They were destroyed and burned out and vehicles stolen and merchandise stolen right out of there. What is that about? Looking for a reason to be offended and using that as a reason to be destructive and demonstrative in that way. So what we have to remember, brothers and sisters, is that the Bible talks about many, many things and promises that God has made to us and also promised on our behalf. And his apostles and disciples have written about those things and that we have that word, his promise. In 1 Corinthians 15, 51 and 52, share this word. Behold, I show you a mystery. Now you remember. I remember I've shared this with you before. The mysterious God and the mystery of God and the terms that I have heard since I was a small child and first started overhearing adult conversations within the church. God works in mysterious ways. Ah, now I can segue into this. Excellent job, Raven. So yesterday I had a, an interesting situation happened, and God does work in many mysterious ways, and that's okay, because I still love it. Um, so for some reason, the ignition switch came released, and I think I, no, I believe God showed me what's wrong now, but not until I got it towed and got back home. But I tried to get it back in and do this and that and the other thing, and it was out of alignment, couldn't get it done, had to get a tow truck, had to wait for the tow truck. Then they were going to change a driver because a new driver is new, and I said, no, go ahead and send him. It's okay. This was a plan from God from the onset and allowing what happened to happen, but through that, I was not going to allow it. See, this is the thing. The enemy tries to get me agitated, upset, to grumble, gripe, and be angry. I wasn't going to have that. I wasn't going to fall into that. I, I did not. And I was just talking to God all the time and just walking across, and God and I were having a conversation, a mental conversation. We were talking. And the young man that finally, finally showed up, very courteous, conscientious. We got the thing up on the truck as as we could, and... And everything about it was all great. And then we started going up the road and, and I have, I think I shared a Bible verse or something. And he said, oh, are you a believer? And I said, yes. The interesting thing is he didn't use the term Christian. And as we spoke further, found out that he is of a like mind is that so much of that he understood the salt of the earth he understood the script, and he was in the scripture. He and his wife both, and he's a young, fairly young guy. And we got to talk, and he is also a believer. And he also shared with me, as in the scripture says it, in these last days coming, that your young men will dream dreams and so forth. His wife has been having dreams about what's going on in the world around us, and it comes back to Jesus and God 
and the truth, but she's been having fairly consistent dreams. And he shared that with me. So I was meant to meet this young man. I was meant to be with this young man. And we were meant to share the word together as we were driving down the highway in the tow truck. And he asked many questions. He asked things. So not to puff myself up or vaunt myself, but there was a purpose behind what God had going on. And this is one of the mysterious ways that God's works. You might say, well, why would he allow something like that to happen to get this to happen? Well, think of it this way, brothers and sisters. What was I going to do? If I was going to be riding on my motorcycle and just going down and finishing my errands and going back to my house, I would never have seen this man. He would not have gotten, possibly, 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 not gotten the word that he needed to have. However, I'm certain that had it happened, God would have uh, had him encounter someone that would help him, and that would be a good thing. But for some reason, he wanted me to talk with him. And that is also a good thing. So whatever happened to get that to happen doesn't matter. What matters is it was God's word. And remember, brothers and sisters, we have to have faith that the detour is the road. That applies to anything that we're doing. So, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. So that is a promise of God. And basically, the only time that there will be a change, other than when we truly accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. If we truly do that, then we are changed from walking in that way that we had been into a way that we are called to do. So, brothers and sisters, we have to remember that thing. We are changed, first of all, by the fact that Jesus Christ has come into our life and that we are changed by the fact that he came and his blood has washed us and then we baptized and cleansed and that's what we must be. I'm going to go back here. Whoops. Sorry, I went the wrong way, brothers and sisters. As in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 6, this talks about not to be offended by the person, the ideologies in truth may be an offense. And if the Bible says that they are an offense, then they must be also to you. If you are a true, faithful follower of the word and the gospel of Jesus Christ, you've taken him as your savior, you have faith in God and look for the Holy Spirit to guide you in your steps, then if the Bible says that it is an abomination and it is abhorrent to God, then as a true believer, it must be an abomination and abhorrence to yourself. Not the person, but the ideology and the action. You have to be able to separate and divorce the two, one from the other. A person's ideas and their actions are not 
them they themselves are not they themselves pardon my grammar it's not they themselves it's their ideologies the ideas that they have been I'm going to make up a word. I don't even know if it's a real one. Might have to look it up later and see if it is propagandized. They were, they believe the propaganda. They believe the untruths. They believe the information that's been pumped out to them. They believe that. They believe that a cheetah is a leopard, though it's not. And I use that only as an analogy, as a metaphorical description of what's going on in the world. So, brothers and sisters, we have to decide. And then we have to understand that God does not change. His word doesn't change. His promises don't change. And what we have to realize is that all is in his timing and that we have become so accustomed to getting everything that we want right now is that when we decide that it hasn't come in our timing that he's changed. Something's different. Uh, no, it's not. And what that translates to, the translation of your impatience and that translates into the application of a lack of faith. Truth, bottom line, Period. If you decide that God has changed because he's not meeting your needs when you pray for them, how you pray for them, that impatience is a translation to a lack of faith. Remember Jesus Christ was teaching his disciples when they said, Lord, Master, teach us how to pray. Our Heavenly Father, hallowed be thy name, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That first of all, you have to acknowledge that God is sovereign and many do not. You have to acknowledge and be thankful that he is who he is and how he is and many do not. And many do not recognize that it's his will be done anyway. And they refuse to recognize that. They don't get it if he doesn't answer. Oh, God's a loving God. He's, he's going to give me everything I want. So then you go out and you pray for a Maserati and you don't get it. So now you decide that God is not a loving and faithful God. Uh, doesn't quite work that way. And when you throw yourself off the top of the Empire State Building and said that God loves me and protects me, he's going to catch me before I hit the bottom. And then you hit the cement at the bottom and the last thought before the, th the last thought in your mind before it goes through the back is that oh god stare he doesn't love me well no it doesn't work that way god does love us and he knows what's best for us he knew that your jumping off the empire state building was not a good thing to do and that you shouldn't do it but you didn't listen you went ahead and jumped anyway that's foolhardy and praying for something that you don't really need but because it's what you want and then you put the onus on god for not coming through with that prayer being answered 
is also foolishness. God knows what we need. His love and promises are true. And here's that word again, immutable. They do not alter and they do not change. His word is truth. His word is truth. And it will always be that. So we have to remember, brothers and sisters, it's just very much that way. And here's the thing too. Whoops, the Holy Spirit just brought me to this wrong page to help me share this with you too. Thank you, Father. In Second Peter 2, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false prophets among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them and bring them upon themselves swift destruction. It's important that we hear that portion brought upon themselves. This is the perverse twisting of John 3.16 by this progressive wanting to be more relevant than the truth. And because his desire to be relevant in this day and age has changed him from being quite possibly a truthful, godly man to teaching and preaching contrary to biblical teaching and the biblical truth, which is unchanging because it is the word of God and God does not change. But this person changed. He says that God is condemning everyone that doesn't do as he says in John three sixteen. Well, that's not what it says. If he had written, written or read what was written, all the way, John three sixteen, and then went all the way to the end, he would see that it doesn't teach that at all. God is not wanting to condemn anyone. This is why Jesus came to sacrifice himself to begin with. Hello, wake up. Knocking on your door, you need to wake up. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, I'm being a little sarcastic, but that's what they've done. They've closed the door and started dozing. Jesus Christ came to sacrifice himself so that everyone would have an opportunity to be saved and not self-condemned. This is what they do. If you believe what the enemy tells you and you believe in that inconsistency that's going on in life around, the ever-evolving, changing world, but God's word is the same. It's truth, it's love, his promises are all the same then you condemn yourself. God doesn't condemn you. You've refused and denied, so you're condemning yourself. It's just that way. Second Peter 1 through 4. An apostle of Jesus Christ, so them that have obtained like precious faith with us through our Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through this knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of all divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lusts. 
So brothers and sisters, our acceptance of that, our seeking that, the precious, this is what I share with you, brothers and sisters. God allows me, this word of God is his treasury. He keeps his precious gems, his truths, the minerals of these things. He speaks about the salt of the earth, which is a mineral. He speaks about other things, marble, a mineral, the fruit of the vine. There's a lot of things in here, brothers and sisters, but what is most important is that it is unchanging. He does, however, at the same time, make things that are It is a, uh, well, let's, let's go into this and then I'll, I'll jump on that right quick. In James 1, 17 through 20. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, which whom is no variable, which in whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth that we should be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of a man worketh not the righteousness of God. So in this ever-changing world, we see that people are so quick to become offended and everything becomes offensive. Why? Because they're quick to it. But at the same time, brothers and sisters, we have to know that in the, the consistent, unchanging, immutable word of God, that his righteousness is also that same way. And it does not bode well for those that refuse. In Genesis 2.17, as you saw when Adam and Eve did not adhere to what he told them, and they ate of the fruit. In Ezekiel 18.4, John 8.24, Romans 6.25, James 1.15, and Revelation 20.15, it talks to that death, that death that will come when we refuse to accept the truth, that death that will come when we refuse to repent and brothers and sisters, again, that is not that God desires to do that. That is in mammon's desire not to repent and not to seek his truth and forgiveness. That's where that comes from. God is faithful in his promises. They do not change. God is faithful in his word. It does not change. He is faithful in his love. It does not change. The same yesterday, today, and forever. However, the changes come from mammon. It's all in us. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed day. Be encouraged. Be faithful. And brothers and sisters, remember this. Don't just stand on the promises of God. There's an old hymn about standing on the promises of God. You can't just do that. The winds are becoming much more powerful than they used to be. So don't only stand on the promises of God. Hold on tight. Remind God of the promises if you must sometimes. He doesn't mind that. I've shared this with you before. He doesn't mind being reminded about the promises. Be humble in it. Don't be arrogant about it. Don't come up and say, hey, you promised this. Don't do that. Be respectful. 
and know that he is sovereign Lord God Almighty and he does not deserve you to try to get in his face because he might just put his thumb on you and be angry. Don't do that. Be respectful. You can be humbly bold. I know that seems almost like a contrary saying, but it's true. You can be bold and walk up to God in your prayer and say, God, you told me here in this scripture. And God will say, yes, I did. I love you. Thank you for showing me that you are in my word. Be blessed. Have a good day. I love you. I pray for you on my going out and my coming in.